welcome back for episode 27 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on April 20th, 2016 on Twitch.tv. Big shout out to the chat here. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. This is your host, Blue Crew 86 Alongside me, we have the newly announced treasurer of the Justin Bieber fan club and the master of updating software drivers, Justin Sane 0516. That's, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so wrong. All of it. That's Next up is the third member of our merry little band, the self-appointed speaker of Pan and supporter of Ted Nugent, Steeman Willie Beeman. Justin, you got beard. <laughs> I did. I did. The- All yours positive. All of his were positive, Blue. <laughs> The topic of today's chat is going to be a discussion on the Vanguard Mentors. Before we get into that, however, I do want to run through some quick notes. Our last chat covered the darkness and the light. If you missed that and have any interest in hearing our thoughts, please be sure to check out www.focusfirechat.com for archives of all previous chats, as well as links to all our various other pages. If you don't mind, please give us some feedback on iTunes or through our email, focusfirechat at gmail.com, to let us know how we're doing. Also, please note that we are now available to be streamed through Google Play Music. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by a group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Wednesday at around 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Next week's chat is going to be a discussion about the Traveler and the Speaker. With that all being said, let's go ahead and dive into what we know about the Vanguard Mentors. Alright, looks like we're starting out with the Vanguard March here, which is, it it gives us an idea of what the Vanguard itself is to Guardians, if Blue's Link would work. Okay. Is it working for you? Am I am I am I cut out or no? I'm hearing you. Oh, okay. We oh, lost Willie. Skype. Hello, Skype. This night. What's Skype. the expression? This. No, What's improve- the expression? We're improving your experience. Cut off my nose to Skype my face. Is that the expression? Uh, um, so let's let's just talk about Vanguard Marks real quick. Um till till Willie gets back. The son um, of an Awooga horn. <laughs> well that that's some Awooga. Alright. Vanguard Marks. Alright. Enlighten us. Yes. When a terrible threat rises, guardians look to to the Vanguard, the closest thing they have to a command structure. These elite veterans coordinate the reports of roaming hunters. The analysis of cloistered warlocks and the instincts of grizzled titans into a single plan of action. And when guardians fight as part of that plan, the vanguard rewards them. Vanguard marks are tokens of favor that earn a trusted guardian access to the tower's armories. Listen carefully to the rumblings of Lord Shax 
and you might come to believe that this system was meant to keep vital warfaring supplies from being wasted in the crucible. Talk to Commander Zavala, and he will assure you that the Vanguard Mark system exists for one reason, to get the best equipment into the hands of those who get the best results. Guardians eager to win Vanguard Marks would do well to participate in strike missions organized by the Vanguard. Which I'm pretty sure, no, well, the Vanguard Marks don't even exist anymore. So, <laughs> but when they did, that was their description. Mm-hmm. And it would have mainly, the, the main reason why we have that card in there is because it gives you an idea that the consensus is pretty much for the whole city. But when it comes down to you're a Titan, you go to Zavala. Mm-hmm. You have a Hunter, you go to Cade. You have a Warlock, you go to Ikora. You know, if you're... Okay, let me correct that. If you're a Squishy, you go to Cade. If you're a Floofer, you go to Ikora. If you are the Master Class, you go to Zavala. He had to make it the, the economy. <laughs> the economy of the Vanguard mark is still there, though. It's right. just rolled into the Legendary mark with... The crucible it, it, mark. It was to simplify things, you know, and I think and, that Bungie did a good job of doing that. Yeah, um, it was a weird system, was it not? It was. It it was. It was a system that was getting out of control very quickly. Yeah, it was like uh, new economy, like, new yeah, economy, new economy. It was one of those things where, yeah, it was. They were adding a new economy almost every update, and I think. That was one of the reasons they stepped back from it. I mean, well, that's because, obviously because the way they were doing it wasn't working. Right, and we had this know? conversation. We were talking about the motes of light with Zer. You know, not many yeah, people, not did. many people know, but Zer used to take motes of light, and you know that has very interesting repercussions in the in the lore because it's like, yeah. what is an agent of the nine doing with fragmented light? Like, what what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pieces of the traveler. Would, so, yeah, and why would the vanguard allow us to give them the travelers like <laughs> yeah why why would the, the the yeah exactly why would they allow us to trade someone that they already kind of maybe not really want in the tower in the tower they're already they're they're going to let us give away well, the light so who knows that they're allowing it i mean it, it well does and, say that's, and that's the part truth, that yeah. You know, they don't even know if they can stop him. He'll just show up anyway. Boop, boop. You know, birds in the air. Like, um, I got I got Gallahorn year two. What's up, mm. bitches? Yeah. Yeah. So be quiet. Just be quiet. That's wrong. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the, if, if we're going to talk Vanguard, can we just do ourselves a favor and talk about the best Vanguard mentor ever? For the record, first? for the record, these are in alphabetical order. I knew you guys no, were going to get pissy no. about this. They are in, they are in alphabetical, alphabetical order. By the glass. Uh, uh, actually, that, they're, they're in uh, alphabetical uh, order by name, too. Now that I'm looking by at them. Yeah. By name. And by importance. You <laughs> forgot the last criteria. Okay. So. No, I would be talking still if it was an importance. Okay, buddy. Yeah, and, and yeah. you know that. Oh, you, your shoulder, your guy's shoulder is a trapper keeper. Okay, <laughs> so just, just deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the Hunter Vanguard is none other than the notorious, the infamous, the legendary Cade Six. 
Cade Six was a daring hunter with a fast ship, a quick gun hand, and an eye on the legendary vault of glass. Of course, he couldn't say no to a challenge. Not even the notorious Vanguard Dare. He lost the bet to his immense regret. Now following in the footsteps of his fallen friend Andal Brask, it is Cade's turn to oversee his far-flung brethren as the hunter Vanguard in the tower. He works dutifully, and I I doubt that, but but longs for a chance to get back in the fight. So yes. And I want Cade. I want to look just like Cade. When I look at the picture of him as a hunter, that's how I want to look. I don't want a whole bunch of spiny crota hiviness on me. I I want to look you like want, you Cade. Want, you want the Vanguard armor? Yeah. Well, no, the thing the is, no, it's not the Vanguard armor. Cade, Zavala, and all them, they you don't know what their helmet looks like. The only one that wears his helmet is Shax. Um that's not fair because Cade's helmet is his his face face. look at his face he doesn't need a helmet no because no matter if you're an XO or not you still need a mask you still need the helmet everybody wears a damn helmet everybody let's just let's clarify one thing if you're on Zavala's left he's got no freaking clue you're there okay (laughs) It's like it's oh, like a, it's like <laughs> General Fury. How does he? How does he see? see how does he see fair? over there? That guy is playing Galaxy. Because the only thing I can really say about Cade mentions the horn sticking right out of his head, which I can't. Yeah, and you, you know, know what? You know, my rebuttal to that is he's voiced by Nathan Fillion. Antenna. It's an, it's antenna. an antenna. Oh my god! So, but, see, I knew it. I knew it. I was like, okay, yeah, they're so, gonna pull the Nathan Fillion. No, card. Of course, we're yeah. gonna pull the Nathan how, Fillion thing. And how am I? How am I gonna fight that? You're how am not. I supposed to? You can't. Is this I gonna can't. be? Is this I gonna? Oh, is this gonna be a discourse on the merits <laughs> of the Vanguard or an argument over whose Vanguard is the best? There's no <laughs> argument there, Justin. I, I mean, seriously. All right. Yeah, seriously. Without Zavala, everything would fall apart. <laughs> So, I right. like it or not, he he might be a tight. We'll get into Zavala later. Um, so, Justin, we mm-hmm. have Kate Six, voiced by the amazing actor Nathan Fillion, yes, as our current vanguard. Who was the former mentor uh, was for the hunters? And Andal Brask, and uh, he was actually pretty close with uh, Cade, and uh, there was and one of the things to take from that Cade card was that Cade actually took part in the uh, in the Vanguard Dare um, with Andal Brask. And Cade, I don't know how to look at it. I, I surely wouldn't look at it as Andal won, but, but he Cade lost. Did? I think, because I think wasn't the Dare, isn't the Dare the um, whoever died first doesn't have to be the Vanguard. That's yeah, yeah, exactly. So That's it, what it just everybody says, but do we have anything that can... I haven't I haven't been we able to find anything. We, the only thing that don't. I have seen is that the Vanguard Dare does not is not um limited to the hunter Vanguard. Yeah. Now there's there's a there's a lot of people who point out that the only way that you can get a hunter vanguard mentor is by roping them in by something like this. Because and that makes hunters sense. are notoriously solo players. They don't really subscribe to orders or you know 
the military structure of the Titans. So they, they don't really usually, they, there's no inherent hierarchy, which would say, Hey, we need a leader because they don't really look for a leader by their nature. So, and, uh, so, and I don't know how far we want to get into this, but Andal Brask was actually murdered by Tanix, the scarred, who is the, the boss on the House of Wolves strike. Shadow Thief. Um, yeah, Shadow Thief. So, um, and actually, when. Oh, go for it. Oh, no, I was going to say, when Andal actually died, that was the moment, or at least it seems that was the moment in which Cade actually lost the Vanguard Dare. Right. Um, and had to actually take up Andal's mantle as the Hunter Vanguard, which we know he resents immensely. Yeah, I, I, you know, I kind of get mixed feelings on that. I don't know if he necessarily resents the the position of the mentor as much as he resents the fact that he can't leave the tower. Which I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand. So, like, I think it's I think it's more of he he re, he respect he obviously respects the conditions of the dare, right? I mean, otherwise he would just be gone, um, because there's tons of hints that he is one of the most notorious hunters out there and he doesn't really usually stick around for long anyways so he, i mean the fact is like either that points to a very deep respect for andal or it points to a fact that even though he doesn't agree with the debt that he's been saddled with that he's um, he's gonna pay it you know and we know that he's a really bad gambler because that's how he became an exo is because of a debt that he was that he owed prior to the collapse, and then um, we know through the Taken King information that Clovis Bray actually formed that he, Clovis Bray transformed him from a human into an exo on Europa. And do you want to do you want me to touch on the timeline for Cade real quick? Just a really yeah quick yeah. Why don't point. we just lay it out? Okay, lay it out. Uh, so. So Cade, Cade was originally a human soldier. Um, he was notoriously very, very well known for his talents, but he was also well known for being a notorious gambler. And usually he wasn't, he was actually ironically not that lucky. Um, he, even, even as an exo today, he continuously, uh, Pins just, Pins just tossed this in the chat. He loses the cards all the time to Amanda Holiday. Um, <laughs> He, I mean, he's like he's notorious for taking on bets that just really don't usually favor him. Um, but anyway, so he was a human soldier who had an immense amount of debt, and Clovis Bray offered to forgive all that debt if he would come to Europa and perform and basically participate in an experiment. Um, they made him into an exo prior, and this was all prior to the collapse. So we know now, you know, this is kind of around the birthplace of the exos probably expect that's kind of the assumed theory. There's also a theory that the, uh, ice fields of Europa actually are the housing point of the Deepstone crypt, which, you know, we've discussed in pretty, pretty ad nauseum on different, different episodes. But the reason for that is because there are multiple references to ice and cold from a lot of the different exo cards that we've seen when it, when it refers back to the Deepstone crypt. And also, if you think about it, if it's, if it is actually a massive server room for all the con what for a, 
all the consciousness of the exos in existence, it would need to have a pretty good cooling system. And Europa is a pretty ideal place for a giant supercomputer to have a cooling system because it's an entire moon of ice. So after after he was made into an exo, he was then assigned to the Ishtar Collective to protect Maya Sunderesh, who he kind of developed a crush on. Um, she viewed him as, I believe the quote was, a piece of furniture. Um, she did not notice him at all. And then he actually, through the Taken King and the Treasure Book, or mm-hmm. uh, Treasure Island, we know that he actually experienced the collapse and actually witnessed some of the collapse. There is a, there is a uh, f- two scenes, I think, from the, the Treasure Island book in which he speaks about um, being held down by an entity and being forced to watch something transpire. And then also a memory that he recognizes as not his own, which again points to the idea of the Deepstone Crypt being a housing of consciousnesses, not a necessarily just a subroutine. So after the collapse, he became, he, he either somehow died and was basically, he became a guardian. He became a hunter, obviously. Uh, he was actually pretty notorious, as we just heard in the original card, he has his eyes set on that vault of glass, the legendary vault of glass. And he actually was part of the Mar- Mara Imbrium battle. Um, he was actually on the moon during the great disaster. And it was either right before or right after we find through the ghost fragment Fallen that he actually um, even has been known to make it an ally with the Fallen before. he There's a the Ghost Fragment Fallen. It's a pretty long card, so I'm not going to read it right now. But it's a really it's a really kind of fun little, little snippet of his reminiscing of a battle that he had with a Fallen Baroness against the Hive, in which at the end of it, he, he killed the Baroness. But it was a, it's a fun little card. Again, it's really long, so I'm not gonna not gonna read it. But that's, one, that's actually one of my favorites. Yeah, it's it's really and it it shows it shows that the fallen are not you know it's another point to the fact that the fallen are not the senseless evil creatures that a lot of people who don't don't read the grimoire think they are, um, or not that they don't read the grimoire, but like the way that it's presented from the offset of the game is these are the agents of the darkness and it's really not, they're not. Um, and no, the and the drags are forming a union. Yes. Under the guy who uses <laughs> the gamer tag, Damowell. Yep. Damowell so, has officially um, become the legal counsel for the union. He is to get Drake's rights going in the right direction. That is very true. He is, he is fighting very hard for that. The, uh, the prison of the elders was a very big setback, sadly for that entire endeavor. The, uh, <laughs> But he's 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 constantly having to you know help with uh, with awoken bonds to uh, to do bail bonds for the dregs within the prison. So anyways, the uh, so the vanguard men- mentor of Andal, who is murdered by Tanix, which we just heard. Um, basically, they took the vanguard dare. He became the vanguard um, mentor for the hunters after Tanix kill after Tanix murdered Andal. Now, it's interesting because we actually get a hint that the entire reason of the Shadow Thief strike was because Cade wants revenge. 
That's it. Like it, it actually, because Cade, so Cade's role, each of the Vanguard mentors have a role within the Vanguard. And we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll kind of touch on these as we, you know, as we go down and talk on them. Cade's entire really big purpose is to track and assign bounties on high value targets. So he is, he is the one that that bounty board that we always run to, you know, to get that extra experience every day. He's the one that kind of puts those things together and puts them up on the board. He's also predominantly the one that kind of points us to the Vanguard strikes and kind of re like collects the, the basic intelligence. Like he's nowhere. He's not the, he's not the same as Ikora, which we'll talk about later, but in the same sense, he kind of gets a military sense of what the strike is going to entail. And then he, he basically puts a target. He puts it, he puts the target on the board he has it out for Tanix because not only did he kill his one of his friends, a very good friend apparently, but he also is the reason that he's stuck in the tower. Like it's it's a double-edged sword on that one or it's a double-edged blow because to to Cade, killing Tanix is a win-win. He gets revenge and he punishes the guy for sticking him in the tower. So, um well, it seems like uh, Varix isn't much of a fan either. Well, I don't think anyone is a fan of Tanix. Can y'all uh, jog my memory? What's the card? Um, I actually think it might be the Hunter card, maybe. And it's a it's a female Hunter, <clears throat> um, hunt- scouting. I think she's scouting the fallen, winter? and she's hunting Tanix, oh, House yeah. of Winter. And then doesn't she say something to the effect of uh, Tanix, House of Winter, and the Cinders? Telcade. Um, Isn't like. So, Ghost Fragment Hunter is a female hunter who is spying on Draxus in the Cinders. <clears throat> and she was oh, assigned. Draxus, yeah, yeah. Thanks. She was sent by Cade. Um, she said the message that brought her to this place had no sign, but she could hear Cade in it. Draxus in the center, Cinders, it said. And she actually was sent after Draxus because. If I remember right, I'm really reading real quick here. If she, if I remember right, she was actually wanting revenge with Draxus. It wasn't Kate. Oh, okay. It was. I think see, it was, I was wondering I was what her. the significance was there because it said, "Remember your promise." Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, yeah. It's just uh, says Ghost Fragment Hunter. Um, a couple of paragraphs in, <clears throat> she she leaves the rifle and walks across the naked obsidian into the swarm firing from the hip as she goes. Each kick of the old revolver a word. Draxus, Draxus, Kell of Winter, Kell of Hate, Lord of the Kingdom of her Vendetta. Her jaw aches. She used to imagine biting out his throat with armored teeth. So, yeah, she, uh, and then, yeah, this is, this is obviously a, a gunslinger. Because the next paragraph is, <clears throat> the stone smokes around her where the arc fire lashes it, and the shrapnel gun throws up leaves of obsidian like glass butterflies. She shoots her bandoliers dry, and a team of vandals in glassy stealth leap up to rush her with knives. But she raises her hands, raises her hand, and burns them down with the golden gun, laughing, crying out, "Draxus, Draxus, I am come!" So, which actually reminds me of a dark tower scene, but we won't get into that right now. <laughs> everything's right. a dark tower well you. with the gunslinger with the gunslinger it really is because that's that's a it's a cry that roland actually um, has so so really uh 
can we can we kind of note here and and I think this will be backed up when we get into the Titan mentor and the warlock mentor but it seems like the the goals and the methods of the Vanguard the Vanguard mentors kind of mirror the classes so like um well, it, it seems sense. like Cade yeah. Cade is a Vanguard mentor is more is more uh, concerned with the scouting and, you know, like the being out in the wild. That's like kind of his focus. Um, Zavala always seems intent on the defense. Right. And Ikora always seems really preoccupied with understanding everything at all times. Right. Um, I mean, and I guess that's, that's a good, that's a good segue for a part that I did want to talk about too is the mentors okay so a vanguard you know is is a a piece of the army that's like the forward facing piece of the army right and so the title vanguard mentors carries a lot of weight um because these are the individuals these are the the pinnacle of the different classes in which have been assigned the responsibility for training all the upcoming members of that class so when we say hunter mentor, what we mean is this is the person who's kind of responsible for for training the future class or the future guardians. Yeah. And so hunters, hunters, if you and anyone who plays any of these classes, will will touch on the titans and the warlocks too. There, there oh, really? is, yeah, we will. I promise. Um, <laughs> there is a piece of your subclass that you unlock, and it's called the class and attribute modifiers. Most people know these just because of the perks that it gives to the attributes or to the the intelligence, discipline, or strength. The thing that about these is is that these are actually the training regimens that new guardians go through, and so you'll notice that. There are, you know, patterns here. A hunter tends to follow paths or ways, and there is a reason for that. Is they they have to learn by their own their own path. They 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 walk the path. They follow a way. And most most hunters, and we talked about this with the hunter episode. Most hunters seem to follow handbooks, which are passed down to them by older or more experienced hunters. We actually know of three of these handbooks. There is the handbook of uncontroversial advice. There's aphorisms to anger warlocks, and then there's the Pananian errata. So, which is an actual book. I did find it. Actually, I found it. It is an artifact, and I am now right. So you can all shut you, it. What? Um, Who it said is, it wasn't? I don't know. One of you did. Yeah, I'm sure that's of it. Great uh, no, one of us did not. It no, was not me. You are full of crap. <laughs> not the first time I have misremembered someone. There but, will be a day when you say Pahanin's name right. But it you know shall what? not be today. It shall day. not be today because his name is Pancake, <laughs> and I don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, so hunters hunters are always much more – and we kind of – you know, that's kind of what I was saying about the Vanguard Dare. The Vanguard Dare is the um, – um, the Vanguard Dare seems to be more – We don't know a lot about it. We don't, but it seems, more, it seems more pointed to the um, hunter – vanguard because hunters are extremely independent like they tend to not really follow tradition except they do in really weird ways but they're very very solitary 
Um, the other, the other fun fact about Cade is that he does have an entire, uh, structure of symbolism in playing cards. And really quick, we know that Royal cards to Cade indicate weapons. And we actually have a breakdown of that. Spades are hockey weapons. Clubs are the, or these are all foundries. Clubs are Crux Lomar and Crux Lomar is basically rocket launchers. Um, Faisal Crux. Yeah. Yeah. Gallahorn. Most, most, yeah, I was about to say, most of you wouldn't recognize Gallahorn. Truth is another one. Um, Diamonds is Omelon. And then Hearts, which we don't know what Hearts stands for other than, quote, a girl I knew, end quote, from Cade. So with all that being said, let's look at the Titans. And the Titan Vanguard. Why he's not first? Well, because you know, hunters have to feel important. Titans know they're important. They don't need have that need like the like the squishies do. So for the Titan Vanguard we have Commander Zavala, who we all know is pretty much a hard ass, and has a quote on it that says, Basho knew we struggle after, which is undated battle notes. Zavala has never shied from hard decisions. His life bends under the double weight of honor and duty, each act of service more exhausting, each victory more costly. Zavala continues anyway. He has never had time for anything softer than iron. And it, it, once again, I mean, I, I think that's, um, I hate to say it, that's the best way to say it, right? He's hes a hard ass. Um, Zavala, he doesn't have time for the jokes. You know, Cade's a jokester. Zavala feels there's no time for that. And I, yeah. it's interesting because, like, at the same time, he wants to take his time to make sure an operation goes right. Like, he's right. a perfectionist on it. He really Which is, is why he freaks out when Cade tells him, hey, <clears throat> you ever wonder what a patrol beacon on a on the Dreadnought looks like? You sent a guardian to the dreadnought. <laughs> Boom. Uh, you, you can hear that little vein in his forehead explode. <laughs> but, but at the same I mean, time, I would... he's like, all right, you're there. You got it handled. Um, go ahead and you take out that tank so we can I mean, finish it's it. Not, yeah. It's not like we almost got blown up before we even got there. <laughs> hey, hey, everyone likes a bad idea when it works out, okay? No, exactly. I would I would make the point too that in, in defense of the humor that Cade usually wears, like a, sh- a suit of armor, I think it's it's to defend himself against rea- like the world, you know. Deals. Like, well, because I mean, if you if you look at Cade, like kind of going back to Cade for a second, if you look at Cade's backstory, it is not a happy one. It is not. <laughs> You know, none of these none of these characters have exceptionally happy. Um, I was backstories. about to say, did you just hear what I said? Yeah, no, no, no. Car. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but what I'm saying is, none of these none of these characters really have have a. I know lot he of has millions amazing voice, but come on, man. No, no, no. I think he's got a valid point, Willie. That was some very interesting stuff about Titans. That was some very interesting stuff about Titans. But to segue back to Hunters. <laughs> I think it's very interesting. 
<laughs> let so, him have his moment, Blue. Let him have his moment. He's not. He's going to take it regardless if we let him have it or not. Um, All right. The time for squishies is over. Oh now, my lord! Blue put in there that the in the show notes that we don't really know who the previous Titan mentor was, um, whether it be Saint Fourteen, or he also ha- you know there's a possibility of Lord Saladin. Mm-hmm. Me personally. I definitely lean more towards Saladin because um, of his card. Right. I'm going to read the entire thing. Well, so just just real quick before we go to Salad Bar, um, the the reason if it's a a, it is it better not it's not Hunter it's not Hunter related actually it's a Titan and Warlock related. Um, the, uh, the point that a lot of people make for Saint-14 was the fact that Saint-14 was the one who nominated Osiris to become the Vanguard mentor for the Warlocks. And we're not sure if, we're not sure if that's, that was, that political power that he held was because he could have been the Vanguard mentor for the Titans. Because, I think it's speaker's biggest fanboy at the time right so is Zavala there's the ear Zavala hey, is, hey, Zavala, hey. no hey, think about it like think about, about it Zavala, like Zavala, Zavala no. speaks Zavala speaks for the Vanguard mentors for the most part whenever we hear someone talking politically for the Vanguard mentors it's usually Zavala he's usually well, the one that's pointing stuff out he's the one who makes the most sense no 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 no, no. But that's not point. why no, the reason yes, why and this is I'm saying this out of deference I'm saying this out of deference. It's because in any given room, Zavala is the alpha. That's why he's speaking for the entire Vanguard because he is the he's driving the force. He's the, he's now, the Titan I want Vanguard you to think commander. About this for quick. We have Cade. He sends us the guardian that defeated Atheon, Crota, uh, Tanix. Uh, a number of high priority, high profile targets. He sends us on a stealth mission to steal a stealth drive from Rasputin and then almost gets us killed to get us on the dreadnought. Did it work? Yes, but it's a little irresponsible of him. You got to admit at least that. Well, he sent, Uh, he sent the best asset to do a job. It was pretty damn irresponsible. We almost died before the mission even started. We're guardians. We die all the time. No, no. I mean, I know, I know. And and so, but my course, she has hit. You know, and you know what? What? What is Zavala supposed to do? Right. We're we're supposed to be working with the city, not hiding everything. Right. No. 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 Yeah. And I mean, Zavala. Zavala. The Titan. The Titan Vanguard mentor definitely has the more the role that he, they hold within the Vanguard tri- triumvirate, I guess you would call it, is definitely the overall defense of the city and the military strategy against enemy forces throughout the system, right? Um, I guess my my point in saying all that was that we're not sure how Zavala became the Vanguard commander. We do know he was a former student under Saladin, along with Shax. But we That's never, we never s- get in the grimoire. We never get told who the previous Vanguard mentor was, 
Whereas with the Hunters, we got Andal, and with the Warlock, we got Osiris. In the Titans regard, in regards to the Titans, there's never anything actually said. And so what I'm saying is that there's a way that if you look at it in a specific way, you could see an argument to be made that Saint-14 could be potentially the previous mentor because of because of the deference that he paid to the speaker, because the relationship that seemed to exist there as almost respect, and because he nominated another mentor to be filled. And that doesn't seem likely if you're not a if you're not a member of the triumvirate, you don't really seem to have the ability to say, "Hey, we want this person to step up." Hey, uh, no, but I, I still, I still kind of feel Saint Fourteen's position was a clandestine. It, it was, it was not above the vanguard, but it was definitely outside the vanguard, and I think that was just probably a case of him just being a confidant of the speaker. I'm not going to get into that. Um, Did anything come across this, there? Did y'all get that? This is, yeah, yeah, this no, no, is no. what I'm going to do. Right. You, you gentlemen look up the definition of protege, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read the Lord's Saladin card. A hero to the city and a legend in his own right, Saladin Forge led the city's defense during the battle for the Twilight Gap. His protege's Commander Zavala and Lord Shax now leave the Towers Vanguard and the Crucible, respectively. Saladin remains close to Zavala, though his relationship with Shax has been strained since the Twilight Gap. The Iron Banner seeks great champions to lead the fight against the darkness. It was born to honor the Iron Lords and their efforts in the earliest days of the city. Now, I'm going to let you guys hear my daughter back there. So go ahead and read that definition of protege, and I will be right back. Okay. I mean, so I mean, a protege is simply a person who's guided or supported by an older, or more experienced, or influential person. I'm not. I'm, or no, that's or, that's what it is. Or a mentor. Yeah. Okay. My point is, you have specifically in the grimoire the hunter. Previous mentor was Andal Brask. The Warlock. Previous mentor was Osiris. Titans? Nothing. Yeah, and... Uh... No, I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. There is nothing that says previous mentor was blank. Okay, yes. So a commander of an army had a protege. I'm sure the commander of an army had a lot of freaking protégés. He's a commander yeah. of an army. He's going to be a very experienced or influential person. My point is, is that in the grimoire, you cannot point to any part that says that Zavala and was pre- the right, predecessor to Zavala was Saladin. Protege right. can be protege so, can be meant to be a lot of different things. You could say that a number of people. You could say that Osiris was a protege okay. of the speaker. Because okay. he, he was, was guided, and so, he but, was so, so the speaker was the he previous was, vanguard mentor for the he warlocks. He was, in a sense, that that logic doesn't no, follow. No, you you stop it, Blue. You shut your mouth. <laughs> no, you're not going to turn this around on me. No, I'm right. Damn it. All right, listen. It did seem to hint in the grimoire, did it not, that at one point Osiris did seem like he was going to be the one to take over for the speaker. Yeah. Until they had that meeting and right. exact he was his protege. When you're somebody's protege, 
you they guide you. Yes. You follow in their footsteps. Right. That's what you do when you are someone's protege. Because you show the potential to possibly be that person in the future. Okay. Now I'm I'm just saying it's no, just my point me, is like, what is Saladin, Saladin doing kind of today? Bad. It's what is Saladin he still doing does today? The Iron Banner. Right. He does what, the Iron Banner. What's the what's the following what's the most connected to the Iron Banner in the entire tower? The Vanguard Mentor or the Crucible? His protege well, is the protege that you can Savala's protege, and he actually likes Savala more than he likes Shax, that's which we've yeah. read as well. Right, because Shax disobeyed well, a, a direct order. Sit him down at dinner. Right. As far as we're that's, my that's point, what we my assumed. point goes back to my point goes back to it could be neither. I mean, honestly, it could be it yeah. could be a completely different person that we've never even heard of, which I wouldn't be. I mean, I'm I'm open to it. What I'm saying is, is that you have an exact point in the grimoire that says this was the previous Vanguard mentor for the hunters. This was the previous Vanguard mentor for the warlocks. Oh, this guy had proteges. That, no, so do you, do you see my disconnect uh, there? Fine. I, I do, I do. It almost seems deliberate, and I do want to make the point that um, you can surpass your mentor as a protege. So, like, let's say, let's say Saladin was a commander, you know, and and he mentored in the traditional sense, uh, Shax and Zavala. Um, it is possible. That then both of them went on to bigger and better things, and Saladin's job as a mentor was fulfilled because Zavala went on to be the 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 Titan Vanguard, and Shax went on to run to the Crucible. So it doesn't necessarily mean that he was the Vanguard mentor right. just because he mentored the two of them. Now, on the flip side of that, you can't rule it out. No, and I'm not. I'm not saying. I, and I, that's what um, I said. It's possibly either or. My point it also would is, be the first. It would be the first documented case of a demotion, right. of sorts, well, for a Vanguard mentor. Osiris. Yeah. Ah, uh, no, that wasn't a demotion. He just he he left. Nice sketch. Um, well, but it's also <laughs> a demotion. I mean. Okay, so the other the other point that I would make in regards to the protege conversation, right? Um, I would also make the point that a general army commander is going to have several proteges because of the fact is think think about this: your general of the army dies. You you need someone to step into his place, especially if you're in the middle of a, I don't know a crusade for the rest of the humanity, like for all of humanity. Right. There you go. Just throwing the C word around. I see where you're going with this. No, and and I'm not saying one way or the other. All I'm saying is it could be either way. Just like everything with this freaking story. Right. No, and then, and, <laughs> yeah, and that's, it, it and that's the fr- that's the frustration. We're butting heads because we don't have enough puzzle pieces to f- look at the picture. And and that's exactly it, you know. Like you said before, Blue, and have repeated with Ikora. We know before her there was Osiris. I with Cade, yeah. we know for a fact before him there was Andal. They don't say that Saladin 
was the mentor for you know the the vanguard mentor specifically right and it kind of seems like um Shex is the one who's always mentioned when it comes to the crucible granted iron banner does seem pretty crucible like well i mean it, it well, is a crucible event yeah for crying out loud it is, but, it is a um, crucible event they just don't so talk <laughs> i have gotten they I've, just don't I've like got, each other i've got a spin foil for this one. Oh lord Rook. Is okay. it too early? Yeah, it too early. No, no, go no it. it's not. No, it's not. No, no, and it's, there's not a lot. There's not a lot to it, fact-wise. But it's just an idea that we haven't entertained yet. So um, I don't think it's going to take that long. Um, what if the previous Vanguard mentor became a Sunbreaker and did something in the Vanguard's eyes as unspeakable, and that is the reason that they were redacted. Um. Well, other than the fact that we know that no Sunbreaker stu- stepped foot Mm-mm-mm. in the city, uh, but he wasn't a Sunbreaker when he was the he became one and was exiled. Mm, yeah. uh, that's a high. That's a high one. That that's 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 a reach. It's a, that's reach. a reach. It's a reach. I I'm I'm okay for the record. I am leaning towards Saladin being the previous Vanguard mentor. My point is, is that we can't definitively say that. Yeah. Can we we agree agree on that? that? Yes. Yes, I I, I can fully agree on that. It's definitely not confirmed. So, before I start another argument with this one, um, in the same way... So, we only only have one more... Right, I was um, going to talk about the Vanguard, uh, right? Yes, we do. Well, yes. we have yes. Who's an awesome yes, one? Yes, Ikea. Ikea. Unless you want to keep talking masterclass. Well, we I was going to say I was going to say in in the same capacity that hunters learn through paths and ways, a titan is taught through codices. There are six codex um I don't really they're they're not really named. Um they're just codex 1, codex 2. Yeah, it's very they are. it's very titan. No, they're named Titan Codex One, Titan right. Codex. There's a difference. And buddy. apparently, according okay. to the postmaster, they're very heavy. Um, so, but this is again, if you look at your class and attribute modifiers, these are the training regimens that a guardian would go through in order to learn, you know, the different ways of being a particular class. So, with that being said. Let's go. To and with that being said, real quick, I do want to point out that the Vanguard, not just Zavala, the entire Vanguard, according to Archite 9940, um, does request that the Titan records be pulled for review. Which, I mean, that just means they're saying, oh, hey, these Titans are crushing in the Crucible right now. So let's see what they're doing and why they're just stomping our floofers and. Well, and then there's the also, um, oh, who is it? Is it Ron? No. Who's the quartermaster? Why do I always the forget? The quartermaster. I was going to say, there's, there's a, there's a quip. On Xander? No, Xander's the bounty guy. Xander's the bounty, the bounty guy. bot. Um, give me one second. He's no one ever it. goes to him. I know. That's why I don't so. remember him. Roni, Roni, fifty-five thirty. 
but Ronin he is 5530. the Vanguard bot. Uh, and so there's there's actually a quote from Roni um, about Zavala has <laughs> Zavala has dictated blah blah blah, and uh, the Vanguard Quartermaster card. Real quick, it's it's because it's freaking hilarious, and because it actually does tie into the Titan versus hunter debate it says as trustworthy as frames come roni 5530 was designed to smooth troubled waters cade has spent long hours trying to evoke any hint of frustration in his distant machine cousin but roni remains exquisitely composed and there's a um, there's a quote Let's see if i can dig it up real quick that's just it's amazing Yeah, affirmative from Commander Zavala filed accordingly. And then a moment later, feed is strictly monitored, Master Cade. I cannot engage. <laughs> so Cade, Cade and Zavala handle things extremely differently. And so but again, this is points towards Zavala kind of being not really a micromanager necessarily, but he he wants to make sure that everything is run a certain you know in a certain fashion in that way. You follow protocol, right? Well, when, and when it as, comes to as Zavala, Titans, we as, have a rule book. Right. Let's use it. Right. You know, and Titans definitely Which, definitely are more adherent to the military structure. Also, you haven't met my Titan. Also, as a uh, a note, Zavala is voiced by Lance Reddick, who many of us know from Fringe. Um, he is the captain, I believe, in Fringe. So, awesome, awesome actor on that one as well. We good to good to move to the, the yeah, warlocks. When it comes down to it, yep, we only have uh, one more class to go: the floofers, which are actually quite fun to use. And uh, I believe you should have her pulled yep. up, right, Blue? Yep. So, warlock vanguard, Ikora Ray. Ikora's Ray's second life has been long and colorful. As an iconoclastic new guardian, she made a reputation in the Crucible and in the Halls of Warlock scholarship as an outspoken, unrelenting opponent with no patience for dogma or etiquette. That reputation became a burden, and Ikora chose to travel alone, flying reconnaissance against the worlds of the inner solar system. Shot down again and again, she and her ghost survived against all odds, apparently preferring the wilderness to the company of her fellow guardians. When Ikora finally returned to the city to rest, her hard-won knowledge and seasoned temperament commanded the respect of her fellow warlocks. She now serves in the vanguard as a mentor and leader, carrying the memory of her wandering days as a link to rising guardians. So, this... This is very interesting because so Ikora so Zavala was more of defense and military strategy. Cade is the tracking and the assigning of bounties. Ikora is really more of the studying of enemy threats and often she's actually the one who responds to those threats first. But the enemy threats that she kind of specializes is specializes in is specifically those of the darkness. Um, now, Ikora also commandeers the only known hidden group, or well, <laughs> the only known secret group, the Hidden, which is, according to our ghost, a crack group of intelligence agents. And this is um, this is going to be kind of a point of contention for a couple people. 
we don't know if the hidden are strictly warlocks. Um, I'm on the side that they are not. Wait, wait. We do know that they're not strictly warlocks. Yes, that that's what I was gonna. That was my point. The reason why I think that they are just a gathering of guardians who are intelligent gatherers. So they, I, I almost think that the hidden span all classes, and the reason being is because the one known hidden is Eris Morn, who is not Eris? a warlock at all. She, she might arguably not even be a guardian anymore, but. But she was formerly a hunter. Yeah, she was formerly a hunter. When she was in the hidden, she was a hunter. Well, and the argument, so the argument on the flip side is is that we don't know if she was a hidden. No, do we? I can't remember. Do we know? Yeah, if she we, was a do. we do. We a do. A member of she a was... core's hidden is right. the way she's described. Right. Yep. So, okay, my argument is shot down. Um, yes. We also know about <laughs> the hidden that they are known to the cult of Osiris. And there's a couple different reasons for that. Um, obviously, the former Vanguard mentor, as you've you know, as we've already said, was Osiris, and we don't know if Osiris was actually the 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 one who created the hidden, or if he inherited them from the previous mentor, or you know what how that works. But the hidden used to report to Osiris. There's hints that some of the hidden still do. Again, Eris Morn still reports to Osiris. Actually, Ikora seems to, seems to understand that and actually uses her as a communication. It's almost like they they are the double secret probation. Oh, we don't know that she communicates with him, but we know that you know. And so there's there's a hint that the hidden are still actually reporting to Osiris, even though Osiris has been exiled. And the hidden is known to the cult of Osiris because there are a number of quotes from brother Vance. When you walk up to him in the tower where he is, where he mentions the hidden and he speaks about, Oh, how you're not one of them or you wear the mark of the hidden, but you're not, you know, there's, there's a, there's a sense that they, they are well aware of who the hidden are and how to identify them. Um, the other point. So really an interesting thing about, Ikora is that there she was a beast in the crucible. She was an absolute beast in the crucible. Um, the other, the other fun fact is she is described as a iconoclastic. So she started off as a very rebellious warlock and was known for her attitude of attacking what was, what was at that point in time, cherished beliefs or institutions, as well as her tendency to go solo with her preferred weapon, which most of us would recognize as invective. Um, she was basically known for surviving immense odds in the field, and she built a terrifying reputation. I even, when I was looking up a couple of things, there's even apparently a, a buried, I think this is on planet destiny. Um, there's a buried hint that she, uh, I guess might have the ability to turn people into frogs, which is kind of a weird thing, but you know, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, and so she uses the hidden again in her role to study the enemy threats and, you know, specifically gather intelligence on that. Now, the, the one last thing I do want to touch on in the same vein that the hunters, you know, we've been talking about the training because these are mentors, um, in the same way that the training of the hunters is through paths and ways, and the training of the Titans are in codices. 
the training of warlocks tend to be through what something something that's called orders and a variety of maybe what's what seems to be innate arcane spiritual knowledge now whereas they these are actually kind of segregated completely differently and the hunters kind of have the similar way but this is really seems to be more so the warlocks have three orders and they're called the Ancestral Order, the Chaos Order, and the Divine Order. And again, these are all class and attribute modifiers, so these actually impact your abilities as a guardian. And then the Innate Arcane Spiritual Knowledge is called Arcane Force, Arcane Spirit, and Arcane Wisdom. So there's there's an innate ability, as with all the classes, towards the studious nature, and then also the ability to wield the light in a manner that is akin to what we all know as space magic. Um, so with that all being said, I want to see about rolling into some of the more well-known weapons, um, because there's, there's some actually interesting, so there's, there's a couple exotics that are, you know, linked, especially with the Taken King that are linked to specific vanguards. And the first one that I want to talk about is the icebreaker. And the icebreaker is actually really interesting because it is not just linked to a specific vanguard. It is actually linked to all the vanguard mentors because on the card for the icebreaker, it says, please replace these components if use causes fatal damage. Heat sink, magazine, operator. The Icebreaker series was a clandestine project developed by the Vanguard in conjunction with the, with various city weapons foundries. Meant as an exploration of Golden Age weapon technology, the project was scrapped after only a single weapon reached the testing phase. The prototype for the project's lone weapon are considered dangerous and unfit for field duty by the Vanguard. This hasn't stopped daring guardians from seeking out the Icebreakers. Death, after all, is an occupational hazard. So... The point, the point with the icebreaker, other than just being an amazing sniper rifle, is that this was actually one of the one of the many times that the Vanguard brought in weapon foundries from the city, and actually kind of seemed to commission a specific weapon to kind of push the boundaries on what we understood from the weapon technology from what's called the Golden Age, which you know was prior to the collapse. So this was us exploring that technology and trying to replicate it. Yeah, the best part of that that whole thing for me is the beginning, the flavor oh, yeah. text where it yeah. says, "If uh, please replace. replace these components <laughs> if use causes fatal damage." There's the heat sink, or the magazine, or the person using it. So he got killed. Please so this is a him. weapon that could have killed you in production phases. So this is a Banshee's weapon, is what I'm reading. Yeah, yeah. I for one, I think I might be the only, the only person who doesn't miss i icebreaker you will you will. I, i'll forgive you for that travesty no no honestly honestly i ran black hammer for vault no. of glass i ran praetis revenge um i never had any problems well I icebreaker did, was my first exotic so it was my uh no i well it was the first exotic that i didn't zern I bought Universal Remote <laughs> and then I got Icebreaker. Pins pins has um, labeled you as a heathen. I'm not chat. a heathen. I'm a completely reasonable human being. 
So, <laughs> but yeah, so again, that was, you know, I'm just kind of run through the weapon on that one real quick. Oh. Um, the next, um, yeah. Speaking wanna... of weapons, yes. speaking of weapons, there is a weapon that uh, I have, and maybe I should use it a little bit more because it looks awesome. You really should. Um, uh, it's called the Ace of Spades, and it's Cade's signature hand cannon. Um, and the flavor text reads, don't play your hand unless you're sure you have that ace in the hole. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and read the card because it's kind of interesting interaction bequ- between Cade and Banshee. Hey there, Banshee. What do you want, Cade? Just checking in on that thing I asked you to do. I told you, smuggling, my smuggling days are over. No, 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 no. Shh. Not that. The the other thing. What other thing? <laughs> the, cus- the custom piece for, you know. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, all right. Of course I'm doing that. Yeah, how's it looking? Did all the design myself, so it look it it is looking good. Is that is that an ace of spades? Yep. So, so we know from this that Banshee's drunk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's just it's just kind of funny the back and forth between Kate and Banshee. Um, it's like, hey, you work on that thing? He's like, no, I don't smuggle anymore. No, 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 no. Not that. Not, not that, that one. Not TMI. that one. Not that, one. Shh, not that one. Don't say that too loudly. Red flag. Red flag. Um, <laughs> no, so the Ace of Spades is a uh, is an exotic hand cannon that you get through uh, – oh, god dang it. It's a – It's a. Uh, it's a hunter only. It's a hunter only. You get it through the, the gunsmith – reputation quest line and uh what was the exact I, I was previously part of that debate um because i know we were talking a little bit about who who the weapons were made for mm-hmm. and it seems like at this point these weapons are made for us us yes. yeah that, there's yeah. no other you know uh, these were hey this guardian needs this. We we kind of did the we we gave Banshee his groove back because well, the, the I mean, we actually the, did that. Well, the quest the, for all three classes where it was called um, the Awakening of the Gunsmith. Is it? Yeah, which is which is or really the, weird because if you remember uh, the mentor missives from year one. Um, mm-hmm. There is a the pocket infinity actually makes a comment <clears throat> where it says city records indicate that before you the last time Banshee forty four designed a custom weapon was for a warlock named Galeda Tayet and that was her sidearm and but you get, that was, there's, there's a whole different really interesting story about the Tayet fire team but. I won't get into that. No, that that was that was the text on the warlock weapon, the Talalak. Talalak, Talalak. You put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Syllable. Talalak, Talalak. All right, what he said. Um, but that was the text talking about that weapon. Um, oh, did I mix those up? 
yeah, Pocket Infinity, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but, and I think another thing you're, you're, we're kind of misdirected on blue there. Mm. Is it was Banshee's sidearm that was actually broken where the, her, her fire team was found, if you remember. Not her fire team, but her, whatever the hell the hunters called their units at that time. Uh, wolf packs. We called ourselves wolf packs because we're awesome. No. no she was a warlock. Wolf packs. Titans are packs of T Rexes. All right, Wait, so for now, on, we're but... going to go ahead and say we're, we're going to call it Tayut's Lemon Party. Okay, that's what we're going to call it. <laughs> The fire team, the one that was yeah, researching will, will. the researching vex yeah. weaponry because yeah. they were trying to recreate yeah. the mythic class. Yeah, it was two yet lemon party. That's what it was. Okay, I'll let you piss off the warlocks by that one. But yeah, <laughs> she's also tight. She's also the one that was. Is she's attached to the oddly colored cube, which is interesting because the oddly colored cube looks really similar to the incubation pods that we were talking about on Pantheon that you don't believe me about. The ducks? They're not duck. Well, yeah, they are kind of ducks. Huh. They're, they're, yeah, incubation. The they're ducks. incubation pods. I'm sure. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure they're incubation pods. That's my theory. Anyways, carry on. Do you want to talk about? Invective. I heard there was some sort of podcast in progress. Yeah, let's talk about the invective. I, th- I thought we <laughs> might actually. Oh, I thought we might want to actually just roll into the rest of the, the weapons made specifically for your guardian. But you go ahead. Yeah. And- well, the reason yeah. why I was going to say invective is because it is attached directly to Icora, and so directly whereas, to Icora, whereas yes. some of the other ones kind of are not that really was attached. Her gun. Mm-hmm. Hit it! Hit it, blue. So. Invective. I tried to talk them down. They made a grab for my ghost. After that, it was a short conversation. And that's a quote from Ikora. Invective was Ikora Ray's weapon of choice during her younger, more rebellious days. An ideal fallback for situations that can't be solved by wit, quick talk, or pure intimidation, this modified shotgun uses a self-replicating magazine to keep its owner well-stocked for any and all trouble that waits beyond the city. It's a really, really, really fun shotgun, basically. And the interesting thing about Invective is obviously Wolves, like Prison of Elders. Yeah, just it. You don't have to reload. It's so nice. But yep, that was pretty much my point on Invective is that so it was her preferred weapon when she was a regular, a regular quote unquote regular guardian. And it was no. how she became notorious in the Crucible and in patrols. I've got a question. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, cool. I'm sorry. Uh, well, they tried to make a grab for her ghost. Mm-hmm. What uh, this this card has always confused me because it has always mystified me. What is to be gained from? Going for a guardian's ghost. I'm, I'm and this is really neither here nor there, is... but it's just an odd little bit of yeah, little I bit think, of commentary on the situation. You know, maybe it was something where like I don't know. I'm just trying to think. Maybe they maybe this was around the time 
that she was she was dealing with a a a group of individuals that might not know about guardians for some reason like someone who's you know so far off the grid that they don't opie yeah they're they they use smoke signals to communicate and homing pigeons yes you know they're from not my neck of the woods uh, that just always like what is to be gained for going for guardian yeah, ghosts? Well, they can it, disappear yeah. into thin air whenever they wish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, which that always makes the question, me, which actually that, makes that me statement. But yeah. it is funny that she just whips out her shotgun. It's like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> this done and done. done. So, so the so, next the next weapon is Talalok. Yes, so, Talalok, release the storm. Hold nothing back. And this is, uh, yeah, this is, seems to be some, uh, some conversation between a warlock and a Korra. Master Ray. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the gunsmith and a Korra. Gunsmith, what brings you here? Working on a custom piece. Are you? Yep. For a warlock. Hmm. And how are you finding the work? You know it comes and goes. Memory ain't what it was. Yes. Good to be back in the shop, though. I'm glad of it. Well, then, I suspect you'll find some of my recent my recent research quite interesting. That's why I'm here. So, um, maybe someone can tell me what this weapon does, because I don't even run a warlock. If I remember right, it is basically based off the super. I I don't. I'm not a warlock player either. So actually, but is it know. is it Voidwalker specific? Damn it! Where is Bife? <laughs> <laughs> so I do know that it. According to like he should just he should, he should skate up, up on a skateboard every time <laughs> someone says, "What is the warlock thing?" And he should be like, "Well, let me tell you, Justin." <laughs> It's amazing. No, but you're wrong. But uh, you're wrong. Yeah, numpty. <laughs> Come on. Um, no, I do know that Uni has in on the Cryptarchs the the wiki. He has that based on the weapons frame and base stats. Uh, it is determined that the Talak is a heavily modified Amalon Tuonella SR4. So that is the base, I guess, stock that it was built off of. And, you know, the, the obvious connection to the Aztec religion. Uh, Tulak was an important deity. As a supreme god of the rains, he was also by extension a god of fertility and of water. He was widely worshipped as a benef- beneficent giver of life and sustenance, but he was also feared for his ability to send hail, thunder, and lightning, and for being the lord of the powerful element of water. He apparently also is associated with caves, springs, and mountains, most specifically the sacred mountain in which he is believed to reside. So just a bit of trivia on the the name there. The uh, flavor text is release the storm, hold nothing back. So that was kind of the connection on that one. And it is a scout rifle. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much my, my knowledge. Wait, of- you're, you're actually going to like this. Isn't Tlaloc in the Dune novels as well? I really want I I not I'm not remembering him. Hang on. Well, um, I think it is. 
Yes, I think it's he was in, in Taloxia. Those... Yeah, that's right. He was in. He yeah. was one of the ones in the old Empire. Yeah, yeah. So that's right. Get good, Blue. Get good. Good job. I you just... caught. You caught. You caught a yeah. reference that I didn't bring up. Look, I, at, look uh, at you. I'm so. Yay. They grow up so fast. Um. (laughs) So, (laughs) before we embarrass ourselves any further, let's talk about the Fabian strategy. Actually, and this is is completely verbatim based on something I saw posted by my good friend Uni in the lore band. And uh, was it Fabius? Yes, Fabius. I I think it was uh, Fabius was the uh, Roman. Fabius Maximus. Fabius Maximus was a Roman general, and he was most widely um, famously known for his strategy, which was a, a very defensive strategy of – it was a war of attrition, mm-hmm. essentially. And uh, basically, he wanted to be the rock upon which the wave broke. Right. Basically, attack me all day. You're going to suffer for it, and I don't know who's going to win, but – you. You know, you're pretty much going to know you've been in a fight. So, right, and that kind of segues into the into the gun. But what were you going to say, Blue? Um, so, just just a little bit more historical background on that. He was a he he basically was given the task of defeating the general Hannibal during the Second Punic War. And anybody who knows anything about Hannibal in Roman history knows that this this was a extremely extremely successful general um hannibal was known for just basically walking across the alps during winter which at that point in time was pretty unheard of and he just kind of waltzed into italy and kind of took over stuff um he basically just kept destroying roman armies despite being actually a a, despite actually uh, having a smaller army than the romans he actually just kept completely destroying and crushing them uh, a couple of those examples that come to mind is the Bake of Battle of Lake Trasimene and the Battle of Trebia. Um, and then so after all this bad losses, they kind of just appointed Fabius Maximus as a dictator. And then he was, you know, he kind of inherited this whole as a dictator. He basically was thrust into the war and Fabius kind of so Fabius actually took the Fabian strategy was was a very very wise military strategy but it was also a very very poor political strategy because um the Romans were very proud people and so the idea of hunkering down behind a defensive structure and letting the wall break your enemy was actually very insulting to them and And so Fabius actually, as the years went on after he defeated Hannibal, he actually lost a lot of standing politically with the Roman citizens. But basically he, he walked into this situation and he realized two things. Hannibal suffered from really two big weaknesses. First, he was, he was, you know, invading. So he didn't have any support from his home country like the Italians did or the Romans did at the you know, as a defensive in their own homelands, they could, they could resupply very, very quickly without anything. And so he basically figured out that as long as the Italians remained loyal to Rome, there was absolutely no hope of Hannibal winning. So he, he kind of, you know, made sure that all the Romans and all the Italians were allied with the city. And then also Hannibal sucked at fighting walled cities. Like 
Yeah, he, yeah, he not, couldn't siege. He could not. <laughs> he was siege not very good at the siege for the life of him. Like he, he just like an, on a field of battle, he would just walk over you, literally walk over you, and just he, he couldn't like. So as long as they stayed in Rome, Hannibal was literally no threat to him. They they could not because it's a walled city, and so Fabius basically just was like, okay, we'll just stay here, and like. And so even though it was perceived and it was it was perceived as a very cowardly and unbecoming of his name, his family name was devastated by this, this strategy. He actually kind of helped Rome survive this entire situation because it was so effective. So that's a little little bit of the history behind the strategy. And with that, I'm going to actually let Justin read the read the card on it. So this card's really interesting to me. Um Good evening, Banshee44. Howdy. Doing well, thank you. Actually, had a bit of difficulty today. Uh. The problem with a historical engram is, even if I can figure out when the engram was encoded, that still doesn't tell me when the contents were written. Or even when the, the events described by the writer take place. Uh-huh. This particular engram is heavily degraded, encoded mid-Golden Age, allegedly written by someone named Plutarch, a historian, who in turn is writing about someone named Fabius Maximus. But who were they? When did they live? In what kind of warfare was this Fabian strategy applied? The what now? Strategy. Fabian strategy. It... It apparently involves attrition tactics and avoiding direct conflict until an enemy is, you know, he makes a mistake. Huh. Huh, indeed. But, but with ghost risk. Oh, yeah, this was, this was long before ghosts, I think, Banshee. Where are you going? <laughs> and <laughs> I think Banshee tired of this conversation <laughs> with the Cryptarch. <laughs> I don't Just, think that was the Cryptarch. No, that was totally. <laughs> that was I'm, totally. Pretty, I'm pretty sure that was that was Zavala. <laughs> no, I'm, like, I would argue that is totally the Cryptarch because the Cryptarch is the one that uh, dec- deciphers the historical text. Yeah, it's like he, it's if like, you if you when sit, when you decode when you decode a blue engram and he's like, oh, clearly you want to hear some shit about this blue engram <laughs> that you don't care about. Let me tell you, mid golden age Persia. Mm, interesting. And you're like, I don't care, Banshee. <laughs> or Riptark. Or whoever you are. Tiche, tiche well, and also, like- if you if you sit around Raul long enough, he has some really funny quotes about um, decrypting okay. Golden Age smut. Yeah, he gets, <laughs> yeah. Really, he gets really awkward really fast. He's like, so, what is this? Before... And reconcile this for me. It'll it'll make this go a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Are they saying that Plutarch existed in the mid Golden Age? Yeah. Or is see, this is this a recording, right? Or or, or a I, record from the mid Golden Age about Plutarch, who was clearly way, 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 way before the mid Golden oh, Age? Oh yes, 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 yes. Plutarch was an ancient historian. Uh, I mean, yeah, Greek. he was like you know Greek historian who wrote all all sorts of stuff. Like he, I mean, he's he's pretty much the basis of our knowledge of the ancient world. Um, he actually, I, 
was only predated by Herodotus. Right. Is that correct? Yes, I believe that is correct. So in his, I mean, Continue. like his works are very much like the lives of the Roman emperors. Um, that's one of his uh, parallel lives, and then there are, you know, there's some supposed lost ones. But he, um, and he's a big, he was a big Platonist, and um, his philosophy was really interesting. But like, if you read it, I, I kind of took it as like this was encoded, so this was a copy of which I'm assuming since he's talking about Fabian. It's the lives of the Roman empires or the Roman emperors. So this lives of the Roman emperor novel was encoded mid golden age. Not that Plutarch lived in the mid golden age because that would throw the timeline completely out the window and really confuse everybody. If the ancient Roman time was mid golden age, I might be more curious about that. But yeah, I took that as yeah. the encoding of the, the book. Out of me. Because, like I said, if you stand around Rahul long enough, he will talk about decrypting other books. Um, I can't, like, the the smut one is the one that keeps coming to mind because it's just so jarring hearing him talk about it. There's a couple other ones also that he talks about, but he there there are Ingrams that he decodes, decodes as books. Um, and we know, like, Cade has the Treasure Island book. You know, there's, there's these books that were written during Mid-Golden Age that were not necessarily written during that time they were just recorded as such so yeah it took me a couple times to read it through to because i i thought the same thing i was like wait hang on what so yeah i think i that's the reasonable way of looking at it for sure the only other thing i could think of is that someone in the mid golden age decided to Take you know, kind of like the Ender game, Ender's game, the brother and uh, oh god, what Victoria and Peter, how they took on the ancient Roman names and made political commentaries about stuff. That's the only thing I could think of, other than the fact that this was a historic historical text that someone encoded during that time. So. I like it. So yes, there's plenty of people out there that would want to preserve history. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. And I mean, we so don't. And it we only obviously, makes sense. yeah. And we know that the Ingrams were used for, you know, everything to encode stuff. So, yep. I think that. I mean, other than the mentor missives, which you know we've kind of run yeah. through. I mean, most people know these. Um, if you don't, these are the year one exotic bounties that they did away with in favor of the much, 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 much better quest. Um, There are, let's see, there are five, one of which was infective. The one, the other one would be bad juju. And then we have pocket infinity, uh, thorn, super good advice, and then invective. So, and each of those were attached to different, key figures in the game at that point in time. And the reason we already talked about Invective was like we said, Invective was attached to Ikora. Um, the others were attached to non Vanguard mentors. They were attached to people, but not, not the Vanguard mentors. Um, trying to think if I mean, we want to touch on, 
Do we want to touch the battles real quick, or do you want to wait? I know we're going to possibly be doing a episode on the major battles of the city. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to have that happen later. Um, yeah, I think we're good. I mean, I know, I know yeah. that Burning Lake, which is... The, well, that's heavily linked with Shax. Right, Shax, Shax is and the Zavala. one who. It actually shows that Shax is more of a cool-headed person than Zavala. Like, I mean, not not cool-headed, but like he's he's more he's more of a tactician a bit than Zavala, because so Ray, this is off the Grimoire card Ray's Lighter, and this is before the Great Disaster, um, after Twilight Gap, so that kind of puts it in you know, timeline context. And basically the consensus is having a meeting and Shax kind of just kicks, almost kicks in the door. And because he hears, I guess he hears about their, their attempted or their planned attack on the moon. And he is going on about a battle, um, that he, he submitted a report to Zavala about the battle from burning Lake. And apparently at this battle, they were, they, this was the first time that the guardians encountered the hive swords, which I'm assuming he's talking about the knights, not the Crota. And they, they just completely destroyed guardians. And so Shax is like, no, 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 we need to examine them. We need to train against them. And Zavala actually kind of just shuts him down. And like is like, yeah, that's nice. We'll talk about it, and the consensus will decide. So, take your concerns and please excuse yourself. Yeah. So it yeah. was it was an interesting it's an interesting thing because usually Shaq seems more of the headstrong, you know, just charging and fight without thinking. And in this in this instance, it's almost the exact opposite. It's you know Zavala. I mean Zavala is not necessarily not listening to him. But he he does have kind of a sense, at least to me, of just dismissing. He's like, yeah, that's nice. We'll talk about it. So, but that's really the only the only main battle that I can. I mean, I mean, they're the main battles are connected to the Vanguard Mentors. You know, Six Fronts and Twilight Gap are obviously very very important, and Mar Imbrium is super important. But not, I thought that was an interesting one. So. I think, and and correct me if I'm wrong, I think we might get into Mare Ambrium in a very future, in the in the short term type of episode. It is possible. I think that might be in our future. It is possible. <laughs> we will. I we think will. it might be in our future. So it, might. it very well could be. So yes, so we have. So just just a quick recap, you know, we had we we touched on the the very t- tender subject of who was the previous Vanguard mentors. Um, we talked about kind of the breakout of the responsibilities in the Vanguard for each for each of the members, and then we also kind of talked about how the Vin- the mentors trained you know upcoming new guardians. Now. The other thing that we did, I did want to touch on, is what exactly is the part of the Vanguard mentors in regards to the city? What do they do? And it's important to remember that the Vanguard is a part of the consensus. Um, the consensus is formed of three factions, and the current factions that are in the consensus are Dead Orbit, Future War Cult, and New Monarchy. 
each of those obviously have their own agenda and, or, you know, they have their own thoughts about how they, how the city should be run. Um, and ironically, each of those, each of those factions also kind of have approached Zavala as trying to, uh, <laughs> trying to get him to side with them. But so there's, there's three factions from the city. So they represent the city. And then we have the speaker and then we have the Vanguard and the Vanguard seem to represent the guardians in the consensus. So you have four, you know, we have five sections of this. So the speaker, you know, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of, um, some people think that the speaker runs the city and that's kind of how it runs. And it's really not, it's, it's kind of more of an, an electoral college, I guess you would say, though it's not at all but it's more along that line than a that's a stupid idea yeah well i'm not even gonna we're not even gonna start down that road um it's i mean it's not really an oligarchy but it's also i mean there, there, yeah. but so each of these each of these portions have i i mean we assume that they kind of have equal say um the speaker might have a little bit more he's kind of the first among equals but they all kind of have they all have to come to an agreement of some kind especially when it's talking about bringing in new factions to the consensus, which we found out that Zavala actually led the charge to bring the future war cult in to, to replace the Concordat due to some less than nice things that they were doing. Um, and we kind of, we talked about that in our factions and cities episode, like way back when we first started up on this. So that that is kind of the place in the city that the vanguard hold now as men, as the vanguard mentors the vanguard they represent the vanguard in the consensus is the other thing so not only are they responsible for kind of training the new guardians on the ways of the ways of the force not the ways of of becoming the guardians um they are actually also the representatives of those guardians into the consensus and that is ultimately the the part in the city and that all you know kind of harkens back to the wanting to prevent another faction war which is kind of where zavala's hands-off approach towards most of the factions kind of comes from it seems he doesn't want to start another faction war by showing one of them support over the other so that is the answer to that question and i think with that that actually wraps up everything that was really talked about in chat um do you guys what do you guys have do any... we we do it i think we did it was it was a the april update you know it happened so i don't I think yeah every, every chat that i've been in has been kind of lulling this best past week because of you know people wanting to play games what what do you, we play games you're crazy is that what this is about oh man i've got to get good <laughs> so let's roll to to shout outs real quick let's let willie do his shout out all right my shout outs as always uh dad's of destiny in general especially of course dod fox products one do it. i think was my guys but there it goes um <laughs> and you know always great guys love running with everybody over there guys and girls like yeah as always, shout out to www.ishtar-collective.net. Always love getting our grimoire from over there. Uh, Destinypedia.com is another one of our favorites recently. And other than that, 
I think uh, we should pass it off to Justin. Yeah. So, a um, couple quick shout-outs. The first one, and I feel awful. The first one is to the Return to Orbit podcast. Amazing podcast. You guys yes. should totally check them out. Um, Blue, do you have the information? Can you post that? In? Yes, I will. Um, I posted it. We did the mashup episode, and all of their information is in those show notes. I made sure to put everything that they do. They have. I have their Twitch account, their Facebook page, and their Podbean page as well. And yes, I agree. Yeah, if you have not absolutely them out, check them out. Check them out. If you're listening to us and you haven't listened to them, clearly you've got the order of things wrong. But um, yeah, they're they're amazing, and I hope to be able to do something with them in the near future. Um, and then also, hey, I just want to send right now just part of my shout outs. You know, I catch feelings quite often. Um, I want to send some love out to 50,000 individuals because we just hit 50,000 downloads on Podbean. And uh, I don't care if you listen to it once and you hated it. <laughs> you haven't listened to another one. I don't care if you listen to all of them. Um, you people are amazing. And I, I love you guys. Y'all are awesome. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for you know making this hobby of mine something that's viable. So you guys are awesome. And then my last shout out is to the live chat. You guys are great. Thanks for thanks for coming out, even though we're experiencing some difficulties. I appreciate you guys. Um, I'm gonna hand it off to Blue before I start blubbering. Before you, before you start crying. Um, yeah. I just I just have a couple <laughs> quick ones. Uh, a big congratulations to Moose. Uh, you are loot crate winner because you know we love just passing. Like anytime I get. Anytime I get something that I can pass on to people, I, I usually I try my best to get it out to you guys. Um, and then also, I'm just going to be completely and utterly serious. A huge shout out to AT&T and Skype. You guys are just doing yeah. a bang-up job in making Slow sure that clap. we have the most difficult time to do anything. So congratulations. Yeah, congratulations on a mission accomplished on that one, guys. So... With that, we will begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to all those over in chat for coming to spend the evening with us. If you'd like to join us, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash chat. Links to all our sites can also be found with our episode archives over on www.focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any feedback, questions, or topics that you'd like to see us tackle in the new YouTube series that we're in the process of putting together, the Lore 101 series and Justin's Spinfoil Corner. We try to keep to the scheduled Wednesday night streams of the chat, starting at approximately 10 p.m. Central. But if we do have any variations, such as we did tonight, we will always make sure to let everyone know through our Twitter account, which is at focusfirechat. So, until next time, the Lore Band marches on.